0: Hi, I'm Steve Duke and this is the Two Roads Podcast. When I was a consultant at McKinsey, I got to a point where I'd been there a couple of years and they have this thing called an offer to return, which essentially, if you're doing well, they say, hey, you can actually leave McKinsey, you can go and do something else for a year or for a few years and you've got an offer to come back and you'll actually come back with a promotion too. So it's a really fantastic initiative and I was trying to figure out, well, what do I want to leave and do what is it that I would do instead of McKinsey so I didn't really put too much thought into it at the time honestly I kind of wanted to change and I had this vague idea that I wanted to work in startup so through a colleague I could introduce to a startup called let's get checked and it's pretty much the only conversation interview I did and I just like took that job and I left and that was it and I actually ended up never going back to McKinsey I really loved the startup world I loved actually the change to consulting and lots of things like the work-life balance but also the ability to actually do stuff instead of just advising on things and I've had a really fun and I would say lucky career uh, since that time since leaving McKinsey but I was lucky I didn't really put much thought into this decision and it was really luck as opposed to anything else that led me to having a good next few years working at The startup let's get checked and then subsequently going on to work at wayflyer and been able to do what i do now but i know that there's lots of people who are working at a consulting firm or at a professional services firm and are thinking about their next steps Are thinking about what else would i want to do after this because a lot of people don't stay at these types of companies forever and so that's what this episode is all about this is your ultimate guide to life after consulting It's also pretty applicable, as I said, to any professional services job. So whether you're in accounting, it's also um, probably pretty good or even things like law. You'll probably learn a lot from this as well. So this is your guide. What I do want it is I'm going to break down all the different types of gigs that you can go and do after you leave consulting and the pros and cons of each who they might be good for and also talk about what you can do to get into each of those jobs. So at the end of it, you should have a really clear idea of what options are available to you and if you're thinking about moving on from consulting have a clear path that you could take to figure out what job it is that you want to do and how to get into that. Now before we get into the episode a quick reminder about the Divergence program. So this episode is about figuring out what options you have if you're in consulting or professional services and looking to do something different but the Divergence program is kind of like that except even bigger. So it's for anybody who's at a point in their life where they're trying to figure out what their next career step is but they're not sure they don't have clarity you might have a few ideas but you're not at the point where you're confident to be able to pick one and so what this program does is over four weeks there's going to be live sessions followed with take-home exercises and support to get you to a point where at the end you are super confident in the clarity that you have of what you want to do next So you can go to the link in the show notes. You can enroll now. It's 149 euro of an investment for the four weeks. And that gets you access to the full program, four weeks of live sessions, the community, as well as support from me along the way as well. So if you're at a point where you're trying to figure out what your next career step is, go and check out Divergence and you can enroll today. But for now, let's get into episode 39 of the Two Roads podcast. Shout out to my man Tadian. Shout out all the motherfuckers that don't give a fuck about us. Now we're here, alright? Yeah. Alright, so let's say you're working as a consultant. You've maybe been there a couple of years and you're trying to figure out what you want to do next. It's really interesting. People leave consulting for lots of different reasons. There's this guy, uh, Richard Rosser, who I follow on LinkedIn, who ran this poll where he asked, what's the main reason that you left or would consider leaving consulting? And the top votes were work-life balance, which had like 55% of the vote, and then impact and enjoyment of work, which is a very broad category, but got 32% of the vote as well. And it doesn't really matter what your reasons are for leaving consulting. you know there's there's lots of options that you can take and that's what i'm going to break down on this episode so essentially there's six different categories of jobs that you can go and do after consulting these are kind of like the most common ones right i'm sure there's ones outside of this but these are the most common ones that consultants either want to go or are capable of doing and typically what i see from like all of my peers who were at mckinsey and have gone to do on to do other things or people at other consulting or professional services firms who've done the same so the, here's the six categories right from one to six so number one is other consulting gigs so you can basically stay in the consulting world but you kind of either go and join a boutique or a freelance and i'll talk a bit about those and there's some really good options there as well the second one is you can join a corporate the third one is tech companies they become super popular whether that's like a larger tech company like google or uber or something small like a startup which is what i did number four is private equity or venture capital Again, super popular, especially in the last few years. People have really wanted to go into this area. It's been sexy, and I can understand why. Um, number five is public sector and NGOs. Not something that I have a huge amount of experience with, but there are a lot of people who um, would have gone into this sector from my McKinsey class. And then the last one is do your own thing. So more and more people are leaving consulting to go out and and you know start their own business, start their own startup, um, or become an entrepreneur, or really do something entirely different, all together and so they're the six kind of categories I'm going to break, go through each of the six now and break them down a little bit so you can learn a bit more about them and figure out if they are right for you. So the first one is other consulting geeks. So I kind of cheated a bit. I know I said that this episode was about options for leaving consulting but ultimately what I'm talking about is like leaving a big consulting firm that you would have joined as a graduate and seeing other options that are out there. So there's kind of two good other options that I see. So the first one is joining a boutique firm. So I didn't really know they these existed to be perfectly honest with you when i was at mckinsey but there are so many smaller boutique consulting firms out there and that just might be um that they do something similar to what you did before whether that's management or strategy consulting but they're just you know smaller they have teams of maybe 10 or 20 or 30 people there or perhaps they have a specific niche that they focus on they might be you know an advanced analytics consultancy firm or a Um, product strategy consultancy firm and so these are actually can be really good options for people who actually you know they you like the work of consulting but you either want to focus on a specific niche so if there's something that you're really interested in and you're sick at the consulting firm of changing products projects all the time and not being able to focus on the one thing that you're interested in going to like a niche boutique firm where you get to do this all the time could be a really good option or else it's just for it can be a good option for people who you know like. 80, 90% of consulting, but just want, you know, to change one or two parts of their work or of their lifestyle. So there are consulting firms out there who will do very similar work to the likes of McKinsey or whatever, in terms of focusing on strategy, but their whole pitch is that they do it with a better work-life balance. So there's one in Australia called BC Strategy, who I worked for for a short while. And that's essentially their whole pitch, right? Is that they will say that we're gonna do very similar work in terms of like the level of interest Um, and kind of pace as a top consulting firm but what we guarantee is a much better work-life balance and a lot of people are very attracted to that because maybe they love their job at a consulting firm but they're just like i would love to do this but i just can't work 60 70 hours a week i hate this i hate being on a plane every single monday and thursday whatever else it is and so these are great options right and the second option is freelance and again i didn't really know this existed i certainly didn't know it existed when i was at mckinsey but um, a lot of my friends have done this over the past few years and I've even tried it out as well and it can work really, really well. So essentially in this situation, you just go and you kind of are a one man band. You contract yourself into a business as a consultant and, you know, you charge, you charge a day rate. If you were at a consulting firm, probably, your firm is charging your clients um, a lot of money for your work every single day. Uh, And that makes sense because they have to, you know, make margin on top of what they pay you and they've got a shit ton of other expenses and they sell the work and all all of these very, very obvious things. But if you're going there yourself and contracting into them, you can actually charge pretty good day rates and make nice money for yourself. So, you know, this is like I've seen from my research, like this typically starts at around seven or eight hundred euro per day if you are coming from a good management consulting background with a you know good track record and if you've got a few years of experience under your belt it can really go up to you know 13 14 1500 euro a day if you're more at that like manager manager level it's a really really great great way to earn some cash you get a lot of freedom you can kind of pick the types of projects that you want to work on how much you want to work you know if for example you could take a year where you say do you know what i'm going to work six months of this year on and off so i'm going to do like two months on two months off and and spend time traveling it's a really really great option where you can make cash uh, but you still have the freedom to do other stuff like in the freedom of time so if you're interested in this there's a couple of things i would check out so i would go to move me on they're a really great website they're actually a great website for all types of um career options after consulting but they do have kind of a freelance specific option I would also then explore your own network. Like if you can land a job with somebody that you've worked with before or that you know, that's a really great way to pick up um kind of these freelance consulting gigs. And then there's sites like, there's one called Expert 360, which is I think kind of Australia and New Zealand focused, but I know they do a bit of international stuff as well. Um, they're a fantastic site for being able to find freelance work. I'm sure there are other ones in different countries as well. Uh, and then the last option is, become friendly with the boutique consulting firms. So, you know, we talked about if you don't want to join a boutique consulting firm, if you're considering the freelance option, um, you should still cozy up to some of the boutique firms because they might have times where they need extra staff and, you know, because they're smaller, they don't have the same capacity to, like, flex their resources to be able to meet, like, the demands of new projects. And so if they have, like, a roster of people who are there on a freelance basis, you can pick up work with them pretty well. And I know lots of people who do that, and that's kind of how they get their freelance gigs. So that's kind of bucket number one. Other consulting gigs, you've got like your your, your boutique um, consulting firms that you can join. Uh, and then you also can do freelance as well. The freelance is a great option if to do like alongside something else. So I know a lot of people who wanted to start their own business, but knew that that business wasn't going to generate enough cash for them to live. So what they did was start the business, but then on the side, they're doing a couple of days a week days per week of freelance consulting or you know they do three weeks every two months of freelance consulting and that would generate the cash which can pay the bills and then they can still go and build their business so really really cool options that's option one other consulting gigs okay so category two then is corporates so i mean look there's a million of these companies you know exactly what they are everything from you know, your P&Gs to your Tescos to basically all the people who would have been your clients when you're working in consulting. And this is really good for people who want to kind of move into management, essentially. So if you're interested in, you know, maybe one day being the head of a department or owning your own P&L or being a CEO, moving into corporate is a great move for this. And it's a nice transition move. So you can still Um, keep elements of your consulting experience and the types of work that you do there by moving into specific teams within the corporate that will serve as like your stepping stone into ultimately that P&L ownership and you know becoming a manager or an exec or whatever else so there's a couple of options here one is that you can move into a strategy team this is very popular if you have a background in strategy consulting a lot of these corporates will have in-house strategy teams where they do this similar type of work. And it's kind of a no-brainer for you to be able to move into one of these kinds of teams. It's great because the work is super interesting. You're still doing strategy work, but you're always working on the same company. So if you ever get frustrated in consulting about the fact that you have to you know, do a project for six weeks and then and just as you start to know what the company's all about, you move on and you have to start again from scratch with another company. Um, well, you don't have that issue when you're working in an in-house strategy team uh the other team that you can work with in in corporates that's a pretty popular route is to work in like transformation offices or transformation teams so um again this is could be very similar to the type of work that you've done in consulting but you'll have corporates who are doing a big transformation or big kind of change management kind of thing and they're always looking for people from an ex-consulting background to come in and help run that transformation for them and so both of these you know you could stick in these right and you could go on and have career aspirations to be head of strategy at one of these corporates but they're primarily what i see is that these are used as like stepping stones into more management roles within these corporates right so where ultimately instead of living in the strategy team where you're advising um you know you're working on on, on strategy for the group and helping like the different business units you actually move into one of the business units so an example of a guy who's done this is Philip Dorn, who I had on the podcast. So he was working at McKinsey as a consultant. He left McKinsey to join Indeed, where he was senior senior manager for product commercialization. So that would have been you know something probably more similar to what he was doing in in McKinsey, but again, like taking into that like a bit of a different step in terms of like responsibility and the, the types of work that he's doing. And um, then he was like fairly quickly promoted to like director. Um, and with that, you know, comes like the PL ownership and the management experience as well. And then a couple of years later, he got a new job at HelloFresh as CEO of HelloFresh Ireland. And he was able to, like, you know, he, I mean, the guy's super talented. Maybe he would have um, got the job at HelloFresh like straight out of McKinsey. But really, what he needed was that management experience that he picked up. And indeed, which then, you know, shows HelloFresh like, yes, this guy's super smart, super talented. And extremely capable but he also just has those few years under his belt and um, working in a corporate he's not coming just purely from um, a consulting or advisory background mm-hmm. all right so that's number two which is corporates moving on then to category three which is tech companies and this has been super popular and um, now what's worth kind of recognizing is that he, you've got this broad spectrum that falls under like quote-unquote tech companies at the very smallest end you've got startups right which could be everything from a handful of people up to tech companies like google who you could very easily make the argument are essentially a corporate right they're massive massive companies um but for the sake of this conversation i'm going to talk about tech companies and really you've got a few different options in terms of like where you can go if you're looking to get into a tech company so the first one is Strategy and finance, right? So, similar to corporates, some of these companies, especially if they're larger, will have like strategy teams uh, or strategy and finance teams where you can kind of go in and your consulting experience will be quite relevant. The other big one is in ops roles, operations roles. So, you'll see business operations. So, this is what, say, Stripe would have. They would have business operations, and that's where they're looking for or they would be open to taking on people from like an ex consulting background because and they're coming in with the skill set that they obviously want Uh, sales operations would be another one if you're in looking at like um, especially in b2b orgs or say in google they would have like very very large sales teams and so they sales operations are the people who um, are kind of not not managing the sales people but are managing the whole all of the sales processes in terms of like Everything from under, from setting targets to developing sales strategies to KPIs to making sure that that whole machine works and that kind of operations mindset is something that is, um, is needed for this kind of role. So that's kind of ops roles. You'll see them like biz ops, sales ops, those kinds of things, um, which are really good entry points for people coming from a consulting background. Uh, another one that's pretty popular but sometimes a little harder to get into is product so a lot of people want to work in product the roles here. It's kind of two. Well, there's a lot of debate over, <laughs> um, what the different types of titles mean in product. I think the easiest way to understand it for me is that there's kind of like two separate roles that have like slightly different responsibilities. So one is a product manager, and the other one is a product owner. Uh, a product manager is kind of responsible for coordinating like the different types of people who are working on a team, working on a product and helping to set like the strategy for that product Um, and so they'd be working a lot with like designers or engineers to actually create the product and then product owner would oftentimes have like a lot or if not all of those responsibilities but takes on a bit more of like commercial responsibility for that product as well so where they're actually you know on the hook for delivering certain commercial results for the performance of that product but again these can kind of get meshed over um, every company has kind of like a different take on how these works and some people actually have both product owners and product managers some companies only have one and i'm not an expert in them um, but what i would say is these are definitely roles that consultants go into they're a little bit trickier because it is a bit more of a role where you actually need a bit more like domain expertise right so if you were plunked in day one as a product manager but had no idea what product management is about It'll take you a little bit while to figure out from first principles if you're coming from a consulting background. So, if this is something that you're interested in, I would check it out. Make sure that like, um, if you have gaps, that you fill them right, and that's going to be one of my piece of advice at the end. But if you want to be a product manager, you probably want to do like some sort of product management course so that you can at least have that like basic skill set. Uh, I think it, it's pretty difficult to go straight into a product manager role if you have no experience in that area. That's it. Can be done, I'm sure. And then the last one is chief of staff role. So this is typically at you know, you're smaller to maybe medium sized like tech companies, but these are really interesting roles. You work directly with CEO usually. Um, and you're kind of having like a, a jack of all trades role. So you're responsible for just setting setting the pace of a lot of things, working directly with a CEO or the founders on whatever the most important topic is at that business and then going out and working with all the different teams at the business to make that happen this is a really interesting role lots of ex consultants go into it and um, can be a great way to get experience of what it's you know actually like to run a business only thing to watch out is you know you probably don't want to be chief of staff forever and um, so you're probably looking at some point to find a way to transition into an actual department um, because you know you're not going to take the CEO's job, and uh, other than that, there's probably not a whole lot of like promotion opportunities. Yeah, that would be kind of my piece of advice for this. Is like if you do want to go into a tech company, like you're going in as a generalist, which is fine, but you know you don't want to get stuck as a generalist forever. You want to be able to find like a sector, a department that you enjoy. For me, that was that was marketing. So I kind of joined Let's Get Checked initially as jack of all trades, kind of associate, just helping out on whatever was important. Um, but then through a mix of like my own interests capabilities and also what they needed i started to work more and more in marketing and growth and that's kind of where i fell into and then i ended up being their marketing team and then when i went to wayflyer i ended up doing the exact same thing because i had that domain experience working in marketing if i had just stayed as a generalist all that time at let's get checked um, i wouldn't have been in a great position to to go and do anything um in marketing for wayflyer so it's a really interesting to jump into like tech companies, especially startups. I'm a huge advocate of it. You'll learn tons, but just be conscious of the fact that, you know, you do kind of want to be able to develop um, a bit of a capability in a certain sector. All right, so that's tech companies. So we've got number one is other consulting gigs, so it's boutique or freelance. Number three is moving into the corporate world. Oh, sorry, number two is corporate world. Number three is tech companies. Uh, number four, then, is private equity or VC. So obviously, this is really good for people who are interested in, in more of the finance side of what they're doing. Typically, these people who are, you know, a bit more analytical or strong quantitatively. And um, VC has been super popular over the last few years. But I would say that it's kind of like um, it's I, I don't know that there's a huge amount of VC roles going at the minute is, is the point I'm trying to make. And They hired a ton over the last maybe five five years or so, but considering that there's been a lot of pressure on the tech sector and on startups and that valuations have kind of come down a lot from what they've been over the last like 12, 24 months, a lot of these VCs are under pressure and I'm not sure that they're hiring as much as they used to be. So maybe a little bit trickier to get into, not to say if you're super passionate about it that you shouldn't go for it. Um, private equity is another one where a lot of consulting people uh, tend to go and work again if that's the world that you're interested in if you're interested in um, in finance it's uh, it can be a very very lucrative career you can make a lot of money you can do some really interesting things um, i'm not an expert on it i've never worked in private equity i don't have a huge amount of friends who who do maybe a couple um, but definitely an area where they are looking for um, consultants especially ones who come with that interest in finance and that strong quantitative background so that's number four uh, Then the number five is one that i don't have a huge amount of experience with but it's very interesting and i know a lot of people have gone and, and done this recently which is to work in the public sector or in ngos non-profits right and um, there are lots of opportunities to to go and do this There's lots of people from my mckinsey class would have gone and joined either you know the department of health or department of education um, in the uk similar here in australia uh, I think it's a really interesting thing to, to do. Um, if you are kind of interested in, in social impact, if you're interested in, you know, specific, like understanding the, the world of, of the civil service and like public service, I think that's great. Um, I would actually encourage you to go and listen to Chris Bohan on one of the episodes that I did with him. He was working for the government of New South Wales and they're in the department of education here in australia and it kind of dispels a lot of the myths that people might have about working for government and um, or working in the public sector right so a lot of people might say oh it's really slow and stuffy or whatever else and i'm sure that the, an element of that could be true but what chris talks about is like actually do you know what in a lot of places that's not true um, and there's some really really talented people working there doing some amazing things so i would encourage you if that's something that you're interested in to go and check it out and of course, like the NGO side as well, it's it's like very competitive, right? A lot of people are interested in going and working for the UN or the equivalents. Um, but, you know, you if you've been in consulting, if you've done a good job, if you have good experience, like you've developed a strong skill set, there's no reason why you wouldn't be able to explore these. And they do hire people from those kinds of backgrounds as well. So that's number five. And the last thing that you can do, which is obvious, but worth mentioning, is that you can go and do your own thing. And there's lots of examples of people who've done that. I've had some of them on the podcast. Imran Mahmoud, he was actually a doctor. Then he went and worked in consulting before he left consulting and started his own startup, right? He was doing his own thing. And and he actually did a mix of like freelance consulting as well while starting his own thing. And then he ended up moving into VC. So he's actually done like three of these boxes, and um, Ryan Moylett is another guy I had on the podcast. He was working in kind of finance, professional services. He decided he wanted to leave that entirely um, and started working as a coach. And he was working as a rugby coach, ended up writing a book about rugby coaching, which is uh, really, really interesting. And he's kind of built this entirely different life for himself that's very, very different to what he was doing in consulting. He realized that that world of consulting and professional services was just not matched up to what he cared about and what his values and talents were. Another one is Rose Radford so she was a consultant at McKinsey she decided to leave do something entirely different she thought that or she kind of learned that her passion was really around coaching and like helping other people and she's built a very very successful online coaching business for herself which has also kind of created this um, life that she really likes so she's got a lot of freedom I think she's living in Lisbon now and she's able to kind of travel a lot and do a lot of the things that she wants because she's um worked backwards from the life that she wants to have into like the type of job that she's doing after consulting and you know she definitely wouldn't have that amount of freedom if she was still working in mckinsey and doing her job there so there are the six different sectors that you can do after consulting i'm sure there's others as well but these are definitely the most popular so you've got other consulting gigs you've got corporates tech companies your private equity vc world got public sector and ngos and then of course you can go off and do your own thing whatever that might be in terms of where you can go to figure this out i would say move me on is a great website i would talk to specific router recruiters so some recruiters actually um focus on recruiting ex-consultants so that's what move me on do. but then also there's one in sydney i think they might also work internationally called oak tree talent i'll give them a call out um but there's lots of people who if you if you search this you'll probably figure it out um, who's doing it? I would also like talk to alumni, right? So if there's people from your company who've gone off and they're working somewhere else, I like, talk to them, uh, both to hear about like their own experiences, but then you know ask them what did they do? Did they use recruiters? Who did they talk to to be able to find out the new gigs? And um, companies' career sites can be quite good. So I don't know if other companies have this, but McKinsey have one where, as an employee or as an alumni, you can actually go on, and people are posting jobs there which are like specifically looking to recruit people from McKinsey, um, which is really interesting that they actually promote this for people who are, you know, at their firm. And they're basically showing them, hey, here's all the jobs that you could leave us and go and do. But it's really cool. So if your company has that, definitely check them out too. Um, Last three tips that I would give to you if you're considering leaving consulting is first, don't just leave to get out of consulting. So, I actually did this when I first left. I was a little bit sick of consulting. I wanted a break, I wanted a change, and so I just took the first job that I was offered, and it worked out super well for me, but essentially, I was just lucky. If I was doing it again, I would make sure to take the time to understand, understand yourself, understand what you want. And make a very conscious decision about what you want to go and do next. You're not going to have like 100% clarity on what that thing is, but you should have a decent idea behind your decision making. Don't just take something because you want to get out of there. It's definitely worth hanging on, you know, an extra month or an extra couple of months and leaving for something right as opposed to just getting out of there into the first thing that you find. The second piece of advice I would do is. You know, go and get loads of ideas for the potential things that you could do. So once you kind of understand a bit about yourself and what you want, take this as inspiration. Take these, like, six categories um, and start to flesh out some of the different things that you can do. Don't, like, shoot yourself off to any of them. But then most importantly, go and, like, prototype them. So, like, test them out to see if you actually like them because in reality they might be a lot different to what they are like in your head. And so talk to loads of people, find ways to... You know, maybe try out a job for a day, shadow somebody, do a project like for a week um, and figure out if that's something that you'd actually like going and doing before you take the leap to, you know, join a company and be there for like a year or a couple of years at least. Um, And then the last thing I would say is like, if you, once you've figured out like roughly what area you want to go into, you might have gaps in like your skills and capabilities. And so find ways to fill them. So that could be through like formal education or formal education. That sounds weird could be through education and like doing a course or it could be through just um you know like self-directed learning like reading whatever else it is or maybe trying to get experience or find a mentor as i said if you want to go into product management but you've never done product management before you know there's lots of courses out there on product management that are going to help close that gap so when you do start applying for roles you're going to have um you're going to have the skills and you're going to have the expertise that they're going to be looking for. So that's my, that's wrap. That's it. If you are in consulting, considering other roles, considering your next steps, hopefully this is helpful to you. If you want more content like this, you can go and find me on socials. So on LinkedIn, just follow like my personal account, which is Steve Duke. And then on Instagram, you can follow two roads pod. That's T-W-O roads pod. And lastly, if you're interested in the Divergence program, go and check that out. The links in the show notes, and you can enroll today. The spots are actually filling up like relatively quickly. Um, it starts on November fifteenth, November fifteenth. So there's only a couple of weeks left to grab a spot. Um, and I'm not going to let too many people on it because I want to keep it like manageable because it's the first time I'm running it. So um, that's it. Otherwise, I will see you next week for episode four, episode forty. How good um, of the Two Roads podcast.